interdisciplinary Healwell's podcast about people who take care of people and all the places and perspectives that lift us up. We love science, we love meaningful dissent, and we love to support our fellow humans in making our world a place that is just, equitable, and loving beyond our own imagining. I am getting to sit in the host seat today. I'm Carrie Jordan, uh, and I am joined today by Corey Rivera and Rebecca Sturgeon. And as always, we're going to start with uh, our favorite pun. Uh, I know you guys, I don't know about where you are, but here in Virginia, it's uh, suddenly become winter. It's very unpleasant. And I now understand why bees hibernate for the winter. Swarm. Ouch. Oh, 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 oh dear. Am I doing it? Am I filling the Calcate shoes? I believe you <laughs> yes. are. Yes. Oh, we Perhaps a little less, less filling, maybe. <laughs> More space. I have much smaller feet. <laughs> yes. So hi, you guys. Hi, Carrie. Hello. So uh, what, what exciting things are we going to talk about today? Well, today, um, we are going to talk about, um, as Corey called it, when massage quits you, oh. when, when you quit massage. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear uh, just anything from you all. And I've also been talking to, talking to people in the field, people out in the wild, wild people. <laughs> um, and we'll be interspersing those interviews with this episode when you hear them. If you are a Patreon Super Secret Squirrel, you can hear the full interviews with the wild people. Um, but you'll get excerpts on the episode today. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you know, I it, it's so interesting to me, Corey, that I think you introduced this subject to us. And I'm really excited to talk about today the differences like, that you talked about, Rebecca, like when when you have sort of chosen to quit massage versus when massage has sort of decided on your behalf. Um, and I will also add, in addition to the super secret squirrel uh, interviews you'll hear on Patreon, you can also read some really great uh, blogs that Corey is writing. She's writing a series actually on the Healwell website. You can just go to our blog and you can see um, the first one is up and the second one will be soon. So you can definitely hear more um, from Corey's perspective about that. But another really, legitimate pressure for a third one. Awesome. Yeah, that's right. Legit pressure. <laughs> so, Corey, why don't you kick us off and sort of talk about what, what brought you to this topic? Yeah. Um, so I have been quit by several professions in my life. Um, <laughs> I am, I'm here to tell you that the more it happens, like the easier it gets um, and sort of the more used to it you get about pivoting. Um, my original profession was going to be um, opera singing when I was 18. Um, so I went to college because you really do have to go to college um, for that sort of technical work. Um, and I ended up with just massive anxiety that was eventually diagnosed as bipolar disorder. And um, not only is that a very stressful experience and um, sort of a strange one to put your finger on, right? Because anxiety can be very um, diffuse in your life, but very present. Uh, but when I started singing after this whole thing developed, I would literally lose my sense of pitch. Like it would just disappear. So the piano would start and I'd be like, this all sounds familiar. And I would go to sing and I would have no idea tonally where I was anymore. And wow. yeah, and the look on everybody's face, including 
the pianist <laughs> was like, <laughs> what, just what? Um, so this is after two years of like doing really well. I got two major roles um, in the school operas, like things were doing good um, as on my way. And then it just, it like, it was like, my brain was like, this is too stressful and you're not going to do it anymore. And we have made that decision for you. So um, you can't, you can't sing in public if you don't have a sense of pitch, like it's just kind of done. So, um, so, so that's pivot number one. So I pivoted to um, massage, which was sort of in the works anyway, because being a performer also means being a waitress for a lot of your life <laughs> or something along those lines. And uh, that didn't sound good to me, but being a massage therapist sounded okay. You know, it's better hours, better pay, fewer people. That was a big one for me. Um, something that, you know, you get to care for people and they might actually appreciate you, unlike waitressing. Um, all around a better choice. So um, I went to massage school. That's when I got diagnosed. The massage school took up a little bit longer. Um, I got out of massage school. I got into the business. Um, I like my tagline is that I want to know everything all of the time. So um, I I wanted to know more about everything all of the time. So um, in a very casual manner, my husband suggested maybe I should just try medical school. Um, a statement you he, came, know, he came to regret later. You should just go, just go look at it and maybe like, it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I went through um, all of the classes that you have to go through to get into medical school. By the way, none of them overlap with a music degree. Not a one, not what? a one. Um, so I took essentially another bachelor's um, and got into medical school at Michigan State's Osteopathic School of Medicine. and. Um, made it through two semesters, got kicked out for not having high enough test scores, which I'm so grateful for, let me say. Um, I'm so grateful they kicked me out because I have a really hard time quitting things on my own. So you really do need to push me out. Um, and being pushed out gave me the opportunity to sit around and think like, maybe that's not the right place for me and that's okay. Um, and now um, I'm 35 and between the bipolar disorder and um, my developing hypermobility issues, I massage is just not, it is just not working out. So if it's not um, my mood or picking up on other people's moods and I have a hard enough controlling my own, so I don't wanna control yours for sure. Then <laughs> um, like my fingers hyperextend, my knees do, my elbows are very crazy. Um, they always have been since I was a wee we child. Um, and I, in like looking through all of the literature on this stuff, I found out that one of the criteria for identifying hypermobility is, did you gross out people when you were a kid? Doing <laughs> weird bendy things. Like yes, literally oh God, in I one of that. the tests. Um, <laughs> and the answer is yes, I did. And I still do. Only now <laughs> people around me are adults and go, oh, you shouldn't do that with your elbows. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but it doesn't hurt. It's fine. Um, so uh, the, the big problem with the hypermobility was kind of a surprise. It's not necessarily the bendiness. I knew about the bendiness early. Um, when I was in massage school, they identified my thumbs as being a potential problem site. And so it was like, don't use thumbs. You need to learn other ways to deal with finger things. Um, so support your thumbs, use other fingers, you know, figure out how to use your elbow delicately, which I certainly did. Um, it, was, um, it was actually the fatigue that like really killed it. So. Mm -hmm as any massage therapist can attest, six massages a day is kind of a lot. Eight is outrageous. And I don't know how people do that. Um, 
We don't always work in the best of circumstances. Um, there are some places that require you to have 15 minutes between appointments, which isn't even close to enough. Um, it's certainly not enough for hygiene right now, but is still done. Um, so I do six and then, and then at some point it felt like getting hit like by a truck by the end of the day, like, and not just like, oh man, I feel so bad right now. I need to go home. But it was like, I can't get out of my chair because I feel so bad. And I'm worried about driving home because I feel like I'm like a traffic hazard now. And that I might not notice that biker who's wearing all black crossing the street, you know, um, cause it's the middle of winter and that's just how that goes. Uh, and then it became five massages and then it became four massages. And now we're at three. Um, I can't do longer than 90 minutes. 90 minutes is killer. Um, so I don't do it anymore. I only do sixties or thirties. Um, and I gradually had to come to grips with the idea that like doing physical massage things was not going to work forever and that my shelf life was really starting to close in and I needed to do something else about it. So now I'm on this podcast. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's pretty great for my joints. I'll tell you what. Well, so how does, how does that feel, Corey? Um, it feels uh so i have a, a wonderful business partner and best friend um and i would say don't go into business with your friends unless you really trust them um and our relationship has turned out great um but she is a freaking workhorse this girl um she she just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and her personality and like physicality type is a person who needs to move a lot um she once mentioned to me that I gave her a slight complex about not moving because I'm perfectly happy to sit still for six hours and study. Like <laughs> that's my happy place. I'm good with that. Carrie laughs because she does it too. Um, in fact, we do it together now on Slack. That's right. Um, like I, I can not move and I'm good. And she was like, I just, I just, I just don't have it in me to sit still. And I was like, this is abnormal and you should not be sitting still for six hours. It's actually not good for you. So don't, don't use that as a metric, please. Um, so she's a mover, mover all the time. She does um, a lot of runners seem to like her a lot. So they show up a lot. Um, some heavy lifting stuff going on with people, legs are heavy. Um, and, and so we have this business together and she works all these appointments a week. And I'm like, six might be too many this week. And that feels awful. Like not pulling my weight, totally made this deal with a person that I love and trust. Can't follow through with it now. and. And I literally can't follow through with it now. Like if I get injured, which does happen, I have a, my right SI joint literally dislocates itself mm. if I make it mad. Um, and making it mad often involves barometric pressure <laughs> and then massage pressure. And then that's the end of it. And I can't necessarily walk when it happens. So there are very hard limits. Um, and I hate them. <laughs> like, I, man, like, I don't really want to do massage anymore because it's so uncomfortably mentally and physically, but it's like, I still love the people that I work on. I love my clients. The people I have left have been with me for, you know, five to seven years now. Um, they're like family. And every time we, I work on them, I'm like, I wonder if this is like the last time, because I wonder if we're getting to like the last time now. That's yeah. uncomfortable too. Is that a conversation that you're having with your clients on like an ongoing basis? Um, yeah. So I stopped doing massage for a while. Obviously we all stopped doing massage for a while. Um, and 
I stopped for a slightly extended period of time trying to figure out the joint stuff. Um, so people, people who are with me now, who have been with me a while, like know that there's stuff going on and, um, they understand that I might cancel on the day of like it happens and I don't like it, but they know when we reschedule and it's okay. Um, so most of them are waiting and everybody's really nice about it, mm. which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I am interested to hear kind of what's going on for you too, Carrie, because I think you are also in a place of not really doing hands-on work anymore. Yeah. Um, and like the, I want to hear the compare and contrast. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. <laughs> I guess, uh, uh, the major contrast for me is I am a quitter. Um, I sort of, uh, <laughs> I have a fairly short attention span for things. And so I uh, have always, I love a challenge. I love a new thing to learn and to quote unquote master or to sort of, and then I get bored. Um, and so I have had a lot of very different jobs over the course of my life. Uh, and in fact, teaching yoga and doing doing massage were the longest that I'd ever stuck with any single sort of profession. Um, and I, I feel like I should say now, it sounds terrible to say because I do love the people I work with. And I will say in terms of like being in the hospital and doing hospital-based massage, I really love that work, but all of the stuff around it has started to just feel tiresome, you know, DC traffic that it takes to get from my house to, from the hospital, like makes it hard to feel like it's even worth the, the work. Right. And, and I feel like when I feel those things happen, you know, as that, that balance shifts, it's, it's time to do something else. And I mean, I am fortunate because my job as Healwell's operations director continues to get harder and weirder. <laughs> and so I have plenty of challenge in my life at, at, at that. And I do feel like there is something, like you said, Corey, it's not just physical demand that comes from massage therapy. And I do feel like I became aware that I really just wasn't doing my best work because I was feeling tired, because I was feeling cranky, because I was just starting to feel like that balance of, you know, how much energy am I giving? How much energy am I getting? Because I do think it's a two-way street with your patients and clients. As I started to feel that tip, as I started to sort of dread getting in my car and going to work, I felt like that's going to come through my hands and it is time for me to stop. I have a similar guilt complex about it, Corey, uh, my partner still really enjoys doing massage therapy more than I do. Uh, and, uh, I am of course at Healwell surrounded by people who are actively doing massage and doing hospital-based massage and loving on people all day, every day. And so I do get a, a sort of, um, yeah, a little creeping, not so much FOMO as just like, like guilt. Like I'm not, maybe I'm not pulling my weight in the world. Um, but what I realized in thinking about this topic is that massage actually quit me a long time ago. 
And Rebecca, I'm interested to hear your perspective on this because I became a massage therapist when I lived in Boston. And the first 10 years of my career as a massage therapist, I was in Boston in private practice. And of course, over those 10 years, I built a really robust and uh, not only did I build a robust practice, but I was able to kind of hone my practice. And I can honestly tell you that I really loved all of the people that I worked with in my private practice. And I had gotten to the place where I fired clients that I didn't enjoy working with um, and that I didn't accept new clients that made me feel like, mm, this seems like not a thing I want to do. Um, and I, I really loved it. And then my husband at the time and I uh, decided to move to Texas. Uh, and so I had to close my private practice and it was it wasn't until years later that I actually realized how, how much that took from me, how much, how deep that loss really was at the time. I mean, of course I cried my face off at the end of lots of sessions with, with and without <laughs> clients in the room. Uh, but there was still the excitement of sort of moving and trying this other thing. And I had planned to just start a new private practice and kind of do it all again. Uh, but when I got to Texas, it turned out that was much harder than I had imagined it to be. And for all kinds of reasons, I never really had a private practice again after that. And then after Texas, I moved to Colorado and I was just in Colorado for a year. And then I moved to Virginia and I, it really, I don't think it was until I moved here to Virginia that I really was able to feel how how much grief I felt about the loss of that practice and those people. And I think that that really was like, I just didn't, I didn't want to do it anymore if it wasn't, it, that was what I wanted to do. <laughs> I loved that work and I loved that practice. Um, and maybe it sounds petulant, but I think that it sort of took some of the passion out of the work that I did. And when I started working in the hospital, I feel like I had more of that for a while. Um, and the other thing that I keep thinking of is the financial realities, of course, mm -hmm. of <laughs> quitting and not quitting. Yeah. And I, I recognize that a big part of my being able to decide I don't want to do massage anymore has been because I have another job and financially I can not massage. Uh, and even, you know, I was already working as the operations director when I moved to Virginia. And so e even the hospital-based work that I've done with Healwell here in, in Virginia and the DC area, it was always supplemented by the work that I did as the operations director. And then as my responsibilities grew and grew, then I suddenly had a full-time job and I was also doing massage. And that just felt like it was easy to say, this is too much. And so I'm leaving. But, you know, when I first moved to Texas, I, it was really hard to motivate myself to try to start my practice again. And, and of course it didn't, it wasn't as robust or as easy as I'd hoped it would be 
turns out nobody had any idea who I was in Texas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How could they? Um, but again, I had this sort of cushion of being married to somebody who had a full-time job. I had a health insurance through my partner. And so I'm really interested in the the folks that I know are out there who either massage is quitting them or they are quitting massage, but they're not quitting because the financial realities are, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, that, that is a real thing um, that I do want to get back to, but I, I kind of want to point something out that both of you have have talked to uh, have spoken to and has also come up in, in some of the conversations with the with the wild people um is how much the knowing when massage has quit you or when it's time to leave massage has to do with knowing yourself mm-hmm. um and understanding the whatever the stage of emotional life you're going through um because uh, Carrie, you talked about grief, um, and I, I feel like, especially after these past two years, there's a lot of unprocessed grief floating around the world in general. Um, but I wonder, I, I feel like that has come up in a couple of conversations with folks. Um, and also, Corey, you were talking about, you know, my body says no. <laughs> this is just, it's, it no, like mentally, physically, my body's like, you're done. Um, and, and I wonder too, how good we are at listening to that because of things like the financial realities. Um, and maybe the, the thought that we can't think of anything else to do. Um, and it, it's disturbs me a little that I don't feel like there's a whole lot of support in the massage therapy profession for people who are in this position of they're, they're, they're having this, this grief around losing something. They're having these physical and mental health issues that, that they need to take care of themselves. And there's not a whole lot of support around, I think painlessly is impossible, but gracefully making that exit for yourself and for your clients who do become beloved to you. Um, like that's a real relationship and it's just kind of like you're, you got to figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> it, uh, yeah. I think it always kind of feels like a cliff. Mm. Like if massage is quitting you, then you just sort of get pushed closer and closer to that cliff. Um, whether or not you dig in your heels and the moment that you step off of it, it's like, you're, you're dead to the profession. <laughs> Right. You are done now and you are out of the clubhouse and you need to go do something else and you need to forget all of the stuff that you did for 15 years or whatever. Yeah, um, and your opinion doesn't matter anymore. And your opinion doesn't matter anymore. And we, you know, you're you're done now. So and you you've made that choice, whether or not you've actually made that choice. Um, but there's not, I, I think, I think especially now when things are so tenuous and like I, I've heard estimates that like 25% of our um profession quit over COVID for any number of reasons. So many reasons. Um, so it's impossible to hire now. So people who are working are buckling down big time 
either trying to keep their businesses afloat by working on more people or raising prices or just doing whatever they have to do to stay afloat, taking out loans, can raise my hand on that one. Hmm. Um, whether they're from the government or not, it's still a loan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and because all those people are buckling down, like it's like they have to pretend all the people who just fell off the cliff don't exist because otherwise they won't be able to keep going. Um, right. And like, I think there's a lot of like, well, that's not going to be me that floats around. This, this also makes me think of a conversation that we're having in the community right now. And if you're not in the Healwell community, you should be. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one of the community members who teaches in foundational massage education was uh, kind of asking for opinions and um, expressing concern about the state of the business classes that are being offered. And, you know, this has been something that has been sort of dismaying and surprising to me since I was in massage school myself. Um, I was fortunate enough to already be a business owner and have some experience in the world um, when I went to massage school. But, you know, the assumption in massage school, at least amongst the people who were my students and the people who were my who were students with me was either you'll work for a franchise or you'll be in private practice. And everybody seemed to think that both of those things would be as easy <laughs> to do. And you know, the I think a lot of the at the risk of sounding overly pragmatic, you know, it's hard enough to handle the grief of the loss of your identity, the the relationships with the patients and clients that you're talking about, Rebecca. If at least we were able to have things like disability insurance set up or savings set up or to have actually paid our taxes in a timely fashion so that we don't owe the government like years of back taxes, uh, I think that it would be cleaner grief. I'm not saying it would be easy. I'm not saying that there wouldn't be grief. I'm not saying that you wouldn't have to deal with being kicked out of the club. But if at least we had like the the basic business and financial stuff squared away, I think it would be a really different experience for people. Well, yeah, and I, I I think the other thing that's lacking that that I think could help with that with the grief and the the basic like financial stability is that there is no career path in massage therapy other than doing massage, right? Like or teaching. we're it, or teaching, right? Teaching like massage we, specifically. Teaching massage, <laughs> exactly. Like we at Healwell are a bunch of unicorn weirdos, and that we we have this this sort of fortunate. Um, career path that's different that is massage adjacent um so we get to stay in touch with this because none of us is i don't think any of us are talking about leaving massage because we hate it right that it's or because we think it's not valuable that's the opposite of what we're talking about um but you know unless you're you happen to be connected with a nonprofit like this or be i don't know ruth werner you know, how do you get to be, who's actually one of the wild people whose interview you'll get to hear. Um, how do you get to stay connected with this profession that maybe you still love and you still think is valuable and interesting, even if your hands don't want to do it anymore? 
I have, so I've had this thought for a few years now um, and I'll probably write about it. So stay tuned on the blog. Um, but I think it's very strange that massage therapy dislikes experts and it dislikes them in all areas. Um, unless you are a massage therapist, like people don't want to hear it, whatever it is. So if you take a business class, it's a business person who is also a massage therapist. And when you, you know, take your bloodborne pathogen class, it's taught by someone who's also a massage therapist. Um, and there's so many things I think in our education entry level and continuing just all the way around that we don't focus on and we miss. Um, Healwell talks a lot about soft skills that we just don't learn. Um, and we really need to, um, a really big one on that list for me is, um, psychology stuff, mm. because whether you like it or not, that person that just came in your room, brought all of their stuff with them and they're going to get on that table and you're going to put your hands on them. And there's a real good chance that it's all going to come out as well. And like, people don't even know when that happens. They have no idea. I've, um, worked on people and they've said a thing and I literally had someone immediately after the sentence was finished say, I don't know why I just tell you that. I, I'm not yep. sure what happened. I'm really sorry. And I was like, you know, I have to apologize. It's fine. Um, it's safe space. You're cool. It's fine. Um, but then, then what? Like we don't have like mental first aid is a real class. I can't find it anywhere right now, but it's a real thing. Um, People aren't taught to deal with, I had a massage therapist who had a person with a psychotic break on their table. How do you handle that? Like, and who teaches you to handle that? Happened to Carrie Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a really vulnerable space. Stuff happens. It's going to happen. It's probably going to happen to you. And nobody's equipped to deal with it because we're so stuck in this idea that like, oh, we're, we don't do psychotherapy and we don't do any sort of psychological things, except that we totally help stress, which... <laughs> it always makes me laugh and we're like well we do do stress relief and I'm like right that's psychological anyway um, no just your shoulders we only relieve stress in your shoulders we don't mean to though that's just by accident it's just by it's just a thing that like magically magic is another word I have a problem with but um it, it just happens right um so there's all these parts to massage that don't get addressed anywhere and there's nobody equipped to address them and anybody who is equipped to address them, which might be a social worker, um, is like poo-pooed as far as like getting accredited for massage CEs. And of course, if there's no CE attached, I'm not doing it, right? Like that's, which as far as financial stuff goes, I totally understand because that stuff can get expensive um, and you might, you're a massage therapist. I know what you make. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Right. We've run up against this, uh, you know, uh, obviously Rebecca can speak to this, oh, but we've run up <laughs> against this at Healwell forever that we have tried to introduce classes that are taught by non-massage therapists and our professional organizations just don't, they, they want those people and those institutions to apply to be providers with, yeah. you know, them, yeah. which, you know, they're not going to do. Right. Yeah, we're still a little gobsmacked that they gave us CEs for the conference, but that's a whole other podcast, uh, you know, we can, and which we can have if, you know, send us a review and ask for the podcast about yeah. CE Insider Goop. Goop. <laughs> and then strap in because you yeah, asked for it. Yeah, because seriously, there's going to be a lot of cussing in that episode. <laughs> Warnings all over. It'll be great. Oh. So, so, yeah, Rebecca, so what are, 
Yeah. I want to, I want to hear about you, Rebecca. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, it's so interesting. Well, you know, I, I'm still practicing very minimally, um, just enough for me. Um, because you know, I'm, I'm getting to be, I'm getting to be, uh, an old lady crone and it's fabulous, but also I, I have been really fortunate in the health of my body that that hasn't been a factor for me. I've also been fortunate in my mental health, frankly, that that hasn't been a huge factor for me. Um, I mean, there was a point at which when I lived in Chicago and I had my own practice and I basically like got to such a state of being, for lack of a better term, burnt out that I would work a whole day and go home and be like, huh, who did I see today? And, and I wonder how many people listening are in that state. And if you are in that state, I beg you to please, please, please dig a little deeper because that that's your brain trying to tell you something. And, um, and basically what I had, I went to Thailand, like you do. Um, <laughs> I went to Thailand to theoretically study Thai massage, but like in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm going to Thailand to say goodbye to this profession. Like, this is it. This is, this is my exit tour. And something happened there that kind of, it was basically, I had a complete, like, pure beginner experience and was able to re-tap into that, that place where everything about the human body is fascinating and, like, everything that can happen just by virtue of touching somebody is amazing because you've never seen it before. And that was enough. And also my um, being self-aware enough to be like, yeah, so that state you were in, don't ever get in that state again and do the things, um, like take the breaks. Um, so I, I've been pretty lucky um, and pretty lucky that when I moved from Chicago to Kentucky, I think by that time I was already connected to Healwell. I was teaching for y'all. Um, and it, it, and I was already having, like I had planned from the minute, I, my first day of massage school, my plan was halftime massage, halftime teaching. So I was in my thirties and, you know, I knew that my, my body wasn't going to hold out forever. I always, always had that plan. And I was in that place when I moved to Kentucky and, um, was a, able to, y'all trusted me to do this job. So here I am and I'm able to just practice like a couple of days a month which is plenty. Um, and I, you know, I don't know at this point, I'm kind of, I'm on a weird fence because I, uh, the grief that I have around COVID doesn't necessarily have to do with not doing as much massage. It has to do with not being as much of a person in the world. Um, like everything moved to this sort of three foot square space around my desk. Um, so I, I, right now I'm at a, at a point of like really kind of sinking into that and identifying it and figuring out what I need to do um, to be a happy person instead of a mildly okay person. <laughs> but I still, I still enjoy practicing. Um, for the most part, I, I work with the people I want to work with. I work for somebody else because I, um, I was never cut out to have my own practice, even though I did for many years. Um, 
And I work for people who are kind enough to really understand how I work and to funnel people away from me who don't want the kind of work I do. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, and, and that's, again, that's like a unicorn weirdo space. I'm so grateful to have that. Yeah. I know so many of, of y'all out there don't. Um, and so for right now, this is how it's going to be for at least the next year and see what happens. I'm curious. I wonder when you were talking about your experience in Thailand, do you think that this is part of why as a profession, we chase after all these new techniques so mm -hmm. rapidly? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. And I think, I think that that is a symptom of people not doing the kind of work that Heal Well wants people to do. Um, this is not just to make this a Heal Well commercial, but um, but it's a symptom of people not being able to really sit with themselves and understand what, what their heart needs, you know, and what their soul needs and to, to really be able to sit quietly with themselves and let all of it be and let all of it happen. Um, because it's one of the things I talked about with, with Ruth is, you know, the thing, one of the things you need to be able to be a good massage therapist is to be able to just be in a room with somebody with no goal. Mm. My mind was elsewhere. I am married to the clock and that realization opened a lot of windows for me to understand where my strengths are. So I am really great at, uh, I'm, I'm terrific in the classroom. I'm really great at time management. I'm really great at allocating and making sure things get done. And, and, and that's my strength and my skill set. It is not stepping out of my way and letting the letting the things happen. I I, I didn't. I was going to say letting the work happen, but it's not. I don't think work is the best word, right? Mm. Letting the changes happen. I don't have that kind of patience. I'm not just now realizing it, but I am constantly faced with the fact that it is very very hard for me to just to be. Uh, and, uh, uh, and, and if you can't just be with a person, the massage session room is probably not the place for you. No goal, no expectation, just be. And that's really hard if you're not able to do that with yourself. I think on the intellectual side of that, so there's understanding you and understanding what you need and how you work and how you don't work mm -hmm. and being able to relate that to the person across from you who's there for 60 to 90 minutes, which is no small feat. Congratulations to all of you. Um, I am insatiably curious. And so on, on the learning side, when you first get to massage school, there's a problem with the billing of massage school and of what you're fed when you get there about how incredible this profession is, which it is, don't get me wrong, but the ways in which it is incredible are generally not the ways in, that are pushed. And your, you know, 
there's a lot of like hero worship stuff that happens and your teacher might be incredible, but there's lots of teachers out there and you should probably go find as many of them as possible. Um, but that feeling of like being in the place where the magic's happening and everything's great and I'm learning so much and everything's new and that's incredible, that's really addicting. Um, that's an addictive state to be in and you don't have to think about stuff beyond it because what's in front of you is so powerful that like you couldn't see past it if you tried because you have to get through this first. Um, you have to get through that anatomy class first. Like you're ne never gonna go anywhere. Um, and I think that all consuming sense of direction is so powerful that when people graduate and lose it, that's all they're looking for now. Like they're looking for the new technique and the new thing and the new stuff that's gonna change everything that they knew beforehand. Um, and it <laughs> like there's, there's wonderfulness about just learning more about anatomy, like that anatomy class that you fought so hard for, like there's more stuff past that. <laughs> there really is. You could go to California and dissect a body with Gil, like you could go find it. There's, there's plenty. It doesn't have to be the first thing and the best thing all of the time. And I, I don't think we have a very good progression for any of that for people to go find. Well, and, and I think that there is a real issue of not enoughness that happens after massage school. Because again, when you're in massage school, I, I, the, the places where I worked anyway, really pushed like you are like a healthcare provider, only better, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get out into the world and nobody else seems to think that. <laughs> and so I think, you know, I, I, I see massage therapists and I understand this impulse totally that, you know, they hand you their business card and there's like 4,000 specialties or letters that you don't even know what they mean <laughs> after their name. And to me, it just smacks of this again, like saying I'm a massage therapist is not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I wonder how many of us have, have the related experience of having someone in your family who is someone who's close to you and whose opinion you value, who doesn't get massage. And when you talk about what you do makes the ick face. So it's, I mean, I believe in what I do. I read a flipping book about it, you know, <laughs> um, but it's, it's still like just the power of being around one person like that, who happens to be a person who is, should be a close individual in my life is just. My favorite thing that ever happened to me as a massage therapist was early on in my career, I was at a party and talking to somebody that I had never met before, um, already a stressful place for me. Um, <laughs> but I was, I was doing a great job of it. And we didn't start with what is your job, which was really one of the things that was fun about this conversation. And so we were well into our conversation when what we did for a living came up. And when I said I was a massage therapist, this person said, oh, but you're so smart. That's weird. Jesus. <laughs> I can't, I can't say as a blame them though. I really can't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I can't, I'm am surprised they said it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I was too. <laughs> Wow. Wow. I, I would add to that sort of interaction with the first time someone um, makes a sex joke as soon as you say what you do. Mm -hmm. That's, 
quite the slap in the face of like, yeah. yeah, no, but I'm, I'm an amazing human who heals people with my hands and I, I bring comfort to people who are desperate and sad and lonely and upset. And they're like, oh, but. And you know what? So do sex workers. Yes, they do. <laughs> right? but, like, but that's not the attitude they gave you, right? The attitude no, they gave no. you was like, and what you do is probably borderline illegal, isn't it? And you're like, yeah. No, like, I got I got some discomfort right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I don't have any. I have zero zero problem with sex work. Zero problem as long as it's consensual and we all get tested. Yes, very important things. But it's it's the attitude, right, from other people. Yeah, or the free stuff, free stuff. Yeah. Oh, I I take a free massage. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've got this thing right here. Could you just you know, mm-hmm. right now? What you're a financial planner? Here's my taxes. You want to look over? What you're really can give me a house? Take it. We could trade. (laughs) Definitely. Well, and I wonder if that contributes to to another theme that kind of came up with the wild people is um, the feeling of like loyal, quote unquote, loyalty to the profession around Mm -hmm. the decision to leave or not leave that can sometimes have to do with this or, or is connected with with this this um overall sort of feeling of inadequacy that that seems to pervade the profession and i think it took me that year away to to claim it and say no you really are doing good work stop undercutting yourself stop devaluing what this profession is i think I wouldn't have worked at it had it not been, but um, I, that was part of my recommitment was giving, um, was discarding all those negative um, opinions that would jump into my head. And, you know, I am a massage therapist and I don't have a practice. I'm rubbing you right now. Um, (laughs) And, you know, not that I needed to be so flipper cranky about it, but it, I really, I noticed that I struggle to explain sort of what I am. Right. And like, am I still a massage therapist? And I'm always going to be a massage therapist in, in a way that I feel like a lot of people, like I've known lots of retired cops. They're still cops. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and the physicians I know who are retired are going to be physicians forever. Right. And so, but there, there does seem to be like some sort of apology I have to offer, or a, I'm not a real massage therapist. If I don't have an active practice or like, if you, I don't see X number of people a week that I'm not a massage therapist. Right. And, and it's, it's just interesting to feel that in myself. And, and I do, I think a big part of that is exactly what you're saying about this loyalty and the solidarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's us against the world, right? Always. From day one. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Well, any final thoughts, friends? You are enough. <laughs> Whether you're doing massage or not, people. <laughs> right. Yeah. And listen to your heart and not the person on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you um if you feel like you're getting to your shelf life date, um don't 
be mean to yourself about it and don't push it, but just try and widen your view of what's around you in order to help make a plan for your grand exit of possibly loud and possibly quiet proportions. But you don't have to wait until the day after you're officially done to figure out what you want to do. But you also don't have to like have a full plan before you do it. Yes. I love it. Yes. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we love you, all of our listeners, massage therapists and non-massage therapists, however you identify. Um, we, <laughs> we hope that you love us too. Uh, if you do, please remember to um, share and review and send us an email at podcast at If you have questions or suggestions or more that you want to know or hear on the show. Please go become a Patreon. You can get super duper secret ac early access to episodes. You can get bonus content like Corey's cartoon countdown, the bunny and the bear. And at, for this episode specifically, you can get to see the full interviews that Rebecca has done with people of the wild who are quitting massage or had massage quit on them. Join our community. Come visit our website. Drop us a line, um, and we'll see you again next week. Hey, thanks for joining us and listening, everybody. As you can see, we have a lot to unpack about this uh, particular topic. And so this is going to be a two-episode special. Uh, you will hear next week way more of the interviews that our intrepid producer, Rebecca Sturgeon, did with both current and former massage therapists. We are also, we have so much to say about this, that we are also uh, pairing this, these two episodes with a two-part blog piece that you can find on our website, healwell.org, from Corey Rivera about when massage quits you. So thanks for listening. Join us again next week and make sure that you visit ql.org to check out the blog. Interdisciplinary is produced by Healwell. Our theme music is by Harry Pickens. New episodes are available weekly through your favorite podcast outlet. Uh, and you can send us an email at podcast at healwell.org. That's podcast at healwell.org. Thanks for listening.